So that was uh, like the idea. And I was like, Man, I have the perfect background for it because I know how to make bags. <laughs> and I had like an idea of what I wanted the brand to represent. And I felt like as a transportation cyclist and as a woman, I just felt completely ignored by the bike industry. Um, and that was part of, of it too. I remember going to my first inner bike, like to scope it out and be like, oh my God, there's like hardly any women here. And most of the women who are here are wearing like a bikini and handing out samples of an energy bar, <laughs> you know, and just realizing like looking at all the products, like guys are designing them for themselves. You know, they weren't picturing people like me, um, using them at all. And I felt like the reason I was biking was just as credible and deserving of attention as every other reason. So I wanted to create a brand that kind of was like a home for people like me too. Hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to the Joyride. Hey, what's up, Joyriders? This is Kat, and you're listening to episode number 36 of the Joyride podcast, where we celebrate women on bikes. On this episode of the Joyride, I chat with designer, entrepreneur, and bike commuter Maria Busted of Pocampo Bags. On this show, we talk about the inspiration for Pocampo, what's new in 2018, and Maria throws down a national bike challenge gauntlet. Maria makes super cute bags, y'all. And Pocampo is giving listeners of this show a special deal. Use the coupon code JOYRIDE at checkout, and that's with a capital J, it's case sensitive, for an extra 15% off um, anything on the website through May. The new Irving backpack is super cute, and it converts to a pannier, and um, you should probably check that out. Seems rad. Also, Pocampo makes these um, bike bags specifically for bike share systems. So make sure you check out the show notes at thejoyridepodcast.com forward slash 036. There you'll find links to everything we discuss and the extensive list of bike share systems that the bags work with, like New York, Chicago, D.C., Boston, San Francisco, to name a few. Okay, folks, let's jump right on in and meet Maria Bustet. Maria Bustead, welcome to the Joyride. It's a pleasure to be here. Yay. And by here, where in the world are you? I'm in Brooklyn this morning. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Cool. What are you doing in Brooklyn? Looks like you have some bags behind you there. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my office. I'm in a co-working space in Bushwick in Brooklyn. And I love this spot because I'm able to hang up all my products behind me, which I know listeners can't see, but a cat can. Um, it's important to me to have all my stuff around me. It makes me feel more productive <laughs> and driven. <laughs> I think it's nice to be in, um, you know, in a workspace that is really like where you're really immersed in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me that it helps me to focus for sure. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you are, so tell me a little bit about, um, Tell me about your business. Tell me about like who you are and, and what you're doing and what these bags are behind you. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm Maria. I started Pocampo in 2009, which is when we launched. I probably started working on it 
uh, a year before that though, I had this, my, my background is industrial design and my first job out of school was working for a bag company. We did coolers and lunch bags, the type that you'll buy in Walmart or Target. So it's very mass market, but I learned how to do, it's called cut and sew manufacturing. So like how you do the drawings and talking to the factory and sourcing all the materials. And I found that I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, doing soft goods, it's a very iterative process. And by that, I mean, you don't have to really invest in expensive tooling where you like have to commit to this product for the next five years. You know, you can kind of like switch things up on the go a lot. And there's so many different colors and textures and fabrics and treatments and things. It just felt like for a creative person, like so many options and things to try really enjoyed it. Um, and then I worked for a branding and packaging agency for about eight years after that. And that was more kind of like design and brand strategy, I would say. And so here I was biking to work every day in Chicago is where I was living at the time. And I, which I love to do. I've been a daily bike commuter since college and I have no intention of giving that up. And, but I did really feel like I needed a better way of carrying things on my bike. I don't like to, I'm one of those people who doesn't like to have anything on me when I'm biking. So I don't like backpacks because I get really hot and I feel like if they're heavy, I feel like burdened, you know, and it just takes away from like the feeling of freedom and unencumbrance that biking gives me. But then all the bags like designed to go onto bikes aren't really meant to be carried off of bikes because, you know, they're meant more for like bike touring. So it's like they kind of live on the bike. So here, you know, I didn't, I wanted a bag I could just carry with me throughout my day as my normal bag. And if there was a day I wasn't biking, I wanted to be able to use the same bag and not have to switch everything out. And it also seemed like just such an obvious product considering how many more people were biking for transportation. You know, it's like, so this was, you know, 2008. It was still before bike share swept the nation and largely before bike lanes even. But even then I noticed like, if just felt like every week there'd be more people in the bike lane, especially when the weather was nice and more people just kind of wearing their everyday clothes. You know, when I started biking in Chicago around 2000, it felt like you had kind of like your spandex guys that maybe like biked in from the suburbs, you know, and then you had like your bike messenger guys. Um, and not too many people just like wearing normal clothes. But then, you know, eight years later, it felt like more and more people were just kind of biking for transportation, you know. And I was like, all these people probably have the same issue, like needing a better way to carry things on their bike and then to be able to use those products off the bike is just part of their normal lifestyle, you know. Right. So that was the, like the idea. And I was like, Man, I have the perfect background for it because I know how to make bags. <laughs> and I had like an idea of what I wanted the brand to represent. And I felt like as a transportation cyclist and as a woman, I just felt completely ignored by the bike industry. Um, and that was part of, of it too. I remember going to my first inner bike, like to scope it out and be like, oh my God, there's like hardly any women here and most of the women who are here are wearing like a bikini and handing out samples of an energy bar <laughs> you know and just realizing like looking at all the products like guys are designing them for themselves you know they weren't picturing people like me um using them at all and I felt like the reason I was biking was just as credible 
and deserving of attention as every other reason. So I wanted to create a brand that kind of was like a home for people like me too. So that's what we launched with in 2009. And um, for those that have been following us since then, um, we pretty much are still doing that. You know, we've had other bags in the line. I've done some other things over the years, but I've always been like most strongly committed to this idea of equipping women with the gear they need to integrate biking into their lifestyle, you know, and just kind of improving the product and what we make in service to that, in service to that mission, you know? I love that. Um, as someone, you know, as someone who has now rides for transportation, it wasn't always like that for me. It was very, uh, my, my evolution was as it was, but, um, as someone who rides for transportation, I notice that, I mean, I use like an Ortley bag. It's super utilitarian. It is not, it's not pretty. Sorry, Ortlieb. Um, they know that. You know, and, and they know that. They know it's not pretty. They're not, you know, but they're like, you carry it around and then the the, the pannier thing gets like stuck mm-hmm. on your belt loop, um, et cetera. Or if you, uh, I don't know, there's so many things that are wrong with that situation. And um, I've always felt like, like my my wife is definitely someone who is way more interested in stylish bags. I love bags, but I'm like backpacks and messengers. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like I see her when she goes out on the bike, kind of like dealing with what her regular purse is like. And it's something that's always attracted me to your bags because I'm like, this would be so great. I know she's not listening, so actually she might be listening. It sounds um, like she needs a Pocampo bag. It sounds like she needs a Pocampo <laughs> bag, right? Like, cause I, and I've seen these, like some of them, they're great, like um, sort of clutch style and they can clip on the handlebars real easy. Um, I love that. I just think it makes it so much more accessible than having to like move your stuff in and out mm-hmm. of different bags back and forth. Um, so curious that when you launched in Oh, eight. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Okay, yeah. good. I was going to say great time to launch a business in 08. Well, oh, nine um, wasn't congrat- much better, but yeah. <laughs> congratulations that we're in 2018 right now, um, mm-hmm. by the way, and we're all still here. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you launched that, were you, did you have like a certain number of bags that you put out and then have you, has that grown out since then? What's that evolution been like? Yeah. So when we started and I started with a co-founder, another industrial design friend of mine. Um, so we we're both designers and we were thinking about, um, like, we looked at what bags were out on the market already, you know, and where we could kind of be unique and fill in a need that wasn't being met. And so we were thinking about, of all the time that we like to bike, what are the occasions where we actually care about what our bag looks like, you know? And so, like, going to the grocery store or the farmer's market, you know, who really cares, you know? Or maybe even, like, going to the beach or whatever, a little bit, but I was thinking, well, definitely going to work. Cause that was kind of my main thing. Like if I'm going to a meeting or whatever, I want to have a bag that kind of represents me at that meeting, you know? And then our other occasion was going out at night, um, like with friends or on a date or something where you're like, you're begging there and then you want like a cute little bag with you to hold your essentials. And so we started with the little handlebar bag, which was, um, like the going out bag was a little clutch. And then we had uh, a rack bag, which was like the going to work bag, kind of like a satchel. And so we started with those two because we felt like there really wasn't anything in the market that had that like style and the functionality that you would want for those occasions. Um, and we still have those. The silhouettes have changed, but we still have those two, a handlebar bag and a trunk bag. And I still kind of think of them that way. 
And then from there, we've added other bags based on um, largely from, well, customer input for sure. And then also from things that I want (laughs) because one thing I've learned is that like when you run a business making something, you kind of have to have that product with you all the time, you know? And so if I like had a bag that wasn't a Pocampo bag, people would be like, oh, is this one of your new bags? And I was like, oh no, this is this other bag. And they're like, oh, well, you know? So if I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I need a bigger bag that I can carry my laptop on my bike with. So, you know, so then I designed one for that or I need a bigger, you know, whatever. So a lot of it comes from that too. I think I love that personally um, because it's just utility. You know what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when you scratch your own itch, you're like, oh yeah, other people need that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't want to go too far down the business road, but yeah, people, if you like have your own thing, you need to have something with you as you're trying to like pitch people, like, whether, you know, no matter what it is, if it's, mm-hmm. you're making your own stuff, have an example to show people. I do cool, think right? it's so cool. Like where my business is something that's like tangible. Cause I go to yeah, so much um, entrepreneur stuff or small business stuff. And so much stuff is digital nowadays. And it is so right. much more fun. Like when people are going around doing their little intros, you know, that I'm like I make this and I can hold it up and show people it's like that's it's so much more fun than being like I make this app you know I pull out your phone download it you know <laughs> yeah yeah right exactly like there's just there's a huge difference there mm-hmm. with it being tangible it's kind of reminding me a little bit of being a little kid and show and tell yeah it is um, I do love that so Maria as a, a daily commuter who is interested in like you know, on the bike and off the bike style, do you like, what are your commuting clothes like? What's it like to commute in, in Brooklyn? Do you have special gear that you wear? What are your shoes like, et cetera? Well, my commute in Brooklyn is pretty short. It's just less than two miles. So I don't really worry about what I'm going to wear. In, when I was in Chicago, my commute was longer. It was 45 minutes each way. Um, but honestly, I didn't really think about what I was going to wear for that either. I, you know, I'm so, I think just over the years, I only buy clothes that I can bike in pretty much. And like, that's just what I look for when I'm shopping, you know, I mean, it's like second nature now. I don't even like think about it. So, um, probably when it's cold, I'll wear, you know, extra layers of stuff that I wouldn't wear if I was just taking the bus, but um, I don't have like a separate bike wardrobe. I just kind of wear the same stuff all the time. <laughs> and, I, I, and I also enjoy running my own business because I don't have to have like a dress code, you know. So <laughs> bike, bike style is the dress code. So how, how did you get into biking in Chicago? Um, I would say it started um, – I went to school at the University of Illinois, which is kind of a quintessential, like, university town, you know, that has, like, a quad and, you know, everybody kind of bikes around. And I got into biking there because everybody did. And then I studied abroad in Germany for a year. And I feel like that was a big shift for me because until I had that experience, I think I assumed that I was just going to be biking as a college student. And then when I became, like, a full-fledged adult, I would get a car or whatever, you know, but then when I was in Germany, I saw how people really did just like bike everywhere. And it was the students, of course, but also like moms with their kids and like business people going to work, you know, with a briefcase in their basket and, 
older couples biking together through parks and, you know, it just really felt like it wasn't something that you would have to give up, you know? I mean, it seems obvious now, kind of like, duh, but it really was for me kind of like, oh, you know, I didn't even consider that. And then I had an internship in Berlin and that was my first time kind of like biking in a city and uh, they had bike lanes and the little stoplights with the little bicycle sign. Like to me, that was unbelievable that bicycles were so recognized that you would have your own little stoplight. I never believed that we would have that in America. So now that we do in some places, I think it's so cool, you know, but I was like, I, I loved biking around Berlin just to see the city. And, and then when I moved back to Chicago after that, um, I didn't want to stop. And Chicago is so easy to bike in. It's super flat, obviously, but it's also on a grid system. So it's easy to get around. Like, you know, there's a main thoroughfare and then one block over is a residential street, but it runs parallel. So it's kind of easy to find an easy way to bike places without having to take the busier roads. So it was easy to like figure out how to do it even before the bike lanes came in. And yeah, I just really like it. I still do like it. I haven't tired of it. <laughs> um, is there a way that you work cycling into other aspects of your life? Um, vacation or anything like that? Yeah, I have done more than bike commuting over the years. Um, my last year in college, I trained to do a century with team and training. Um, this is kind of a funny story. I was my roommate and I started it. We actually were training to do a marathon in the beginning. And um, neither of us were runners before that. But it turned out she was kind of a more natural runner, you know, like she could just kind of do it and thought it was kind of fun. Whereas I hated every mile, you know, <laughs> and I remember just like counting down like eight and a half miles to go, eight miles to go, you know, and I remember one of the longer runs, um, we're doing this path along the lakefront in Chicago and like the faster runners kind of like came back and lapped the slower runners, which was me. And I saw like the faster runners looked like they were having fun and it was really mind blowing to me. I'm like, Oh, some people like running and here I am like hating every minute of this. And then I saw people biking by and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to switch to the bike team, you know? So, and it turned out I really liked that. I was like, this is actually really fun. I mean, it's painful, you know, you have to push through, but I, it was the kind of pain I was enjoying and like the long rides. So I did, um, that we did a, a century ride around Lake Tahoe, which was really beautiful. And it was, definitely a challenge for me because it's mountainous there and I was in the Midwest which isn't um but I felt like at the peak of my physical fitness after that and so I graduated college and then I convinced that same friend to go on a bike tour with me around Germany um so we did that for two months and I really enjoyed the bike touring like that's how like that thrill or the joy of the open road you know that's kind of how it felt to me where every morning we'd open up our bike map and like let's shoot to go to Wolfenbüttel today you know and like find the way there and stop at the little towns and get croissants and chocolate bars and it was really fun so since then I haven't done too much but this last summer I celebrated my 40th birthday with a little bike tour through the vineyards of Burgundy, France, and it was just awesome. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, highly recommend. Oh, that's highly recommend that. That sounds really fantastic. And I do think what a bunch of fun um, bike touring. I could totally see getting back into with when I have a little more time. Yeah. 
Yeah, not the easiest thing um, when you're trying to run your own business or when you, excuse me, excuse me, not the easiest thing when you are running your own yeah. business <laughs> <Excuse> me. <laughs> um, uh, to, to get out and like vacation. What's that? I remember asking Leah Benson that question and she was like, no, 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 we don't, we don't really have those. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily true, but let's stop there. <laughs> um, where are we going to go? Um, Maria, what do you think, what do you think makes you a better cyclist? Oh, um, I would say, um, I'm pretty, one thing I've learned with biking in cities, I'm, I don't get rattled very often anymore. Like I'm such a cool cucumber on the bike now. And I feel like that makes me a better cyclist. You know, I with the difference from when I first started riding in cities or talking with people who are newer, they get rattled a lot easier. And I just feel like I have my wits about me all the time. And so I don't make any like rash movements or, you know, not too often anyway. Um, and I feel like that I feel safer with that kind of attitude and I don't worry about going slow. I'm not the fastest biker. Um, because I like to be able to stop on a dime. I like to have that feeling that I can stop on a dime. Um, so I don't ride very fast. I don't feel bad about taking a lane if I feel like I need to. And yeah. Okay. Do you feel like that was an evolution for you to get to that point? Oh, like, for as, was sure. there a time when you were like really shaky? Mm -hmm. and, for and sure. Time? And I, I'm fortunate that I haven't had any bad bike collisions. Um, it's not yeah. I'm fortunate that I have had a couple, um, interactions, I guess I'll say <laughs> with a car. Um, I wasn't injured, but even after those that were kind of minor, I, I feel like I regressed like five years, you know, where I would be really scared to ride in traffic again. Like I would stop before a stoplight even turned red, just like didn't want to be caught near it turning red. Um, if a car passed too near me, I would get real shaky and like would pull over to, you know, kind of catch my breath again. Um, so I, I understand how real that is, that fear. Um, but, you know, it goes away with more exposures to nothing happening. And I do feel like just staying calm and feeling in control makes me a much more confident biker. I was going to add something to that um, because we sell our bags across the country. So I do travel quite a bit for work to visit um, cities where we have a higher concentration of uh, retailers or fans. And last summer in particular, I went to play and I was, you know, went on some rides with some um, people I know through the business. And I've been riding on streets um, most of the time. And I feel like it's so second nature to me. And I kind of, I feel like I really like it, but in Minneapolis and in Salt Lake city and near Denver, um, people took me out on some bike paths and that was so fun. <laughs> like to just to be away from traffic and to just ride without worrying about anything. Um, because I've really felt you could kind of like get lost in your thoughts a lot easier than you can when you're on the street and it was so much fun you know I kind of appreciate I appreciate that a lot more I want to do more of it 
Um, yeah, there are lots of cool rail trails that I'm really feel like I'm just learning about, but I love that you can be so insulated and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, there's a lot more, there's not as much flexibility sometimes, but I think it really makes up for it with like the peace that you, yeah. that you get. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Maria, if you could go for a bike ride any you know anywhere in the world with anybody living or dead who would you go for a bike ride with where and um why well i just recently listened to your podcast with a woman who's doing the bike tour through southeast asia and i do i totally want to go there (laughs) um and that's probably on the top of my list maybe with her since it sounds like she knows her way around I, I was gonna. I was restraining myself from adding that. I was like, I think Beth is probably Blue City Biker is probably like the person. Um, yeah, gosh, there's so many cool things to say. Wait, hang on a second. Have, Who's that? I have, Who's a, that? I have a visitor. Um, do you want to give any? Do you have any um, shops? Any bike shops that um, you want to send some love out to? And especially if they're shops that carry your that carry your bags or anything like that. Oh, sure. Um, um, well, I don't want to pick too many favorites. We haven't done it yet for January for January of 2018, but last year, every month, we um, profiled one of our shops and did a little Q&A with them about why, um, why they opened their shop where they did and what they think about their business makes it unique and what they think Pocampo adds to their uh, assortment or offering to their customers. Um, it was it's really enjoyable to read the interviews with the different store owners. And one thing I love about the small bike shops is they're so um, really fueled by passionate people, you know. And you can tell that you know they really feel like they're adding something to their community with the services that they provide. And it's really a lot of really good little stories and stuff in there. So I encourage the listeners to check that out. If you go to our website there's a search bar you can do it's called retailer spotlight or you can go to the blog and you'll see them all listed there yeah that sounds like fun we'll link that up um are are there any like local shops for you as a consumer that don't necessarily carry your products are there any local shops that you really like that you want to give some love to um like where like who who do you where do you get your bike tuned up uh, right now, I go to Bicycle Habitat, and that's a, a couple stores in New York. They carry Pocampo, um, and there is one kind of in, in my neighborhood, so that's where I take it. Um, in Chicago, I took it to BFF Bikes, which is probably my favorite bike store in the country, so I'll give them a shout-out. Um, shout-out to BFF Bikes. Yeah, um, it's a women-owned bike shop in Chicago. And um, they do so many great things for the community there. And uh, it's a really good group of people. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I saw that because I, I like the bags and I was like snooping around on your site like one does. I saw you have some new designs, uh, you know, new print that's out for 2018. And then, you know, a new bag design. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So. Um, we usually add a new print every year. This year, it's called Bubbles. This one was chosen from our um, Pocampo fan base, I guess I'll say. Um, and I'm real excited about it. We wanted to do something that kind of captured the 
joy and like that sense of freedom you get with biking and I really think the bubbles print does a good job with it it has kind of like this effervescent bubbly fun feel um and that's going to be in all of our bike bags and then we're adding two new bags this year um the one I'm probably most excited about is the Irving backpack pannier this is a bag that people have been asking for me to design for a really long time. Like I said earlier, I don't really wear backpacks, so um, I was kind of like putting it off because I, I was worried I would not be able to design a comfortable backpack because I don't wear them that much. Um, but it was one of those things where people had been asking so much for it. And because I have this thing where I feel really way down with a backpack, I wanted you to be able to attach it to your bike if it was really heavy to give you that option. But I didn't want it to compromise one functionality or the other. When I was looking at other backpack panniers on the market, it really felt like one one mode was superior to the other, you know, and that it would take a lot of work to switch between the two. Like you would have to like undo the backpack straps and like stick them somewhere. And, you know, and for our customers, she's hopping on and off her bike all day. So I wanted it to be really easy to put it on your bike if you're going and then be able to pop it off and make it a backpack like instantly. So that was like my challenge to have it work real well in both modes and be really quick to switch between the two. And I totally figured it out. So I'm really proud of it. Um, the bike attachments use our Fidlock magnetic buckles, which we introduced on our pannier last year. It's these German-engineered buckles. They each hold 80 pounds, so they're super strong, but they're really easy to release. So you can get on and off really quickly, and they have a very slim profile, so you don't have to worry about them snagging on your clothes like other pannier hooks do. <laughs> and you, <laughs> I have this other, like, beef with other panniers there's this method where people like tuck away hooks into pockets you probably have seen that and I've, I've seen that yeah I'm not a fan of that because I feel like with that method you're hiding the bike element as if you're ashamed of it you know mm, and mm, I'm like okay. there is no shame in having a bike bag with you you know it just feels like kind of a cop-out to me so our bags have always had exposed bike attachments because I think it's important to show that um, that extra functionality. And so with these Fidlock magnetic buckles, are really slim, so they can be exposed um, without staying on your clothes. They look cool. They're really fun to play with. Okay, so anyway, the backpack has those on them, but the um, buckles are, like, embedded in the backpack foam. So when you wear it as a backpack, you don't feel them because they're, like, underneath the foam. Um I'm going to try to describe this as well as I can, but, you know, encourage people to go to the website to look at field photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm like, I don't want to click around too much, but yeah, I'm like, I'm really curious now to look closer at it and, um, um, because of these fancy magnets. Yeah. And then, um, so that's how it works real well in both modes. And then to solve that problem of being able to switch between the two modes, like you you obviously want the backpack straps out of the way when it's on your bike. So you don't want them to like fall into the wheel or like, get dirty, you know, but I didn't want it to be where you had to like unclip them and stash them. And so the solution I came up with is where you flip the backpack straps towards the front and we clip them in the front, kind of like inverting them. And we made the underside of the backpack straps this really fun high-vis yellow with reflective details. So when it's in bike mode, you get this extra visibility with it, too. And then when you take it off your bike, you just flip them back and put it on. 
it works great and I'm so proud of it. So that's super cute. Yeah, and it's really cute. It has these elastic straps on the front that you can use to carry your helmet when it's off the bike or put a jacket in there. Um, just an extra way to carry things as a laptop pocket and um, water bottle pockets too. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to put, we'll put the pictures of course and links and all that good stuff, but yeah, this looks really great and what a great solution. I'm looking at the back of it now with these fancy mm -hmm. magnets. I like that. You know what? I never really, I've never even um, used one of those bags with the, like the hooks that kind of tuck away because to me, I've always thought that's going to poke me anyway. Mm. Like nice way. Like I know that that's an attempt to hide that, but mm -hmm. it still is like, nope, that's going to end up being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And like mentally, I already have like written that. <laughs> like I've never, like it's a truth. It's just, you know, um, maybe I'm a little too rigid there, but yeah, but I do like this. It looks like um, it does convert pretty quickly and easily without like being uncomfortable so cool good job yeah thank you so i'm really excited about that one and then our other new product is a belt bag this is another thing people have been asking for so even smaller than our handlebar bags um that you can either put on your own belt or you can wear with the waist straps a waist strap that we provide with it so a nice little versatile bag there too So I love that you're, that Pocampo supports World Bicycle Relief. It's one of my favorite organizations. Mm -hmm. um, tell me how, and tell listeners how Pocampo supports World Bicycle Relief. Yeah, so for every 50 bags we sell online, we donate a bike through the program. We've been partnered with them since 2013. And um, they're also Chicago-based, which is where we were, and... Uh, I was like trying to think of what a good um, like nonprofit partner for a Pocampo would be. And like, I wanted a little bit of the biking, but I also wanted a little bit of kind of the female empowerment. Cause I feel like that's such a driver for me and how I feel like in the bike industry, you know, to be able to take that further. And I was, I've donated to Real Bicycle Relief personally for a long time. And I was like, oh, well, that would be an obvious one. And they've been a real joy to work with. And I love following along with all the amazing things that they're doing. And it's a real source of fulfillment for me. And I know for our customers that we contribute to their, their good work too. And I'm reading here that since 2013, the Pocampos donated 139 bikes to World Bicycle Relief. Yeah. And actually I'm pretty sure it's quite a bit higher because I'm the one that updates that. And I can't remember the last time I updated it. What? <laughs> Come on. I mean, th thanks for reminding me. Note to self. All right. So, um, so it's probably much more than 139. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's super cool. Um, I love it. And I just, I think we you know what a great way to, you know, to share and, you know, it definitely is something that fits with my mission. You know, I think the world's a better place when more women are empowered through cycling um, so thanks for doing that. That's good. It's good stuff. Way to share the love. Um, is there, what else are you looking forward to this year? What's, what's uh, up for you in 2018, Maria? Um, well, in addition to launching the new products, um, I am on the board of the League of American Bicyclists and they're doing a lot of amazing things. Well, they have been, but this year as well. So we have the National Bike Summit coming up in March, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware of it or, or will be there as well. But uh, this year's program, we've got a lot of people from around the country 
talking about the things that the different changes they've done in their community. Um, a lot of great people talking about diversity and involving more people into bicycling, which I think is a conversation that we can't have enough. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm also looking forward to the bike challenge, which is this summer. Um, and I think this year I want to have a Pocampo team and I want to kind of compete against other little bike businesses to see who can put in the most miles or days ridden over the course of the challenge. So if there's anybody out there that wants to challenge Pocampo, I'm totally up for that. <laughs> Maria just threw down Maria just threw down the gauntlet. Okay, so tell me what is this is the bike challenge through the league through the American League of Bicyclists? So the National Bike Challenge, uh, it's it's hosted by the League of American Bicyclists and sponsored by 3M and it goes from May, which is National Bike Month, through September. And you can uh, register as your own, like your own person, or you can join up with friends or a bike group or your work or whatever. Uh, last year, you were able to update your miles automatically Strava. I think this year they're doing it the same way, but they're giving you another method if you don't use Strava so that you can still participate. And it's just a fun way to see what people are doing and to kind of compete against other people and just see how many people in the country bike. And it's pretty impressive a fun thing to participate in so i'm looking forward to all that that's cool we'll put a link in the show notes and i don't know exactly i'm not sure exactly how we're going to organize your your pocampo challenge um (laughs) but yeah let's see let's see what's up i'd never i'd not heard of that i know here in portland they do you know there's um a bike month where there's a bike more challenge and Mm -hmm. How many miles can you can you ride or can businesses, whatever, accumulate your folks and ride within 30 days? This is cool that it's throughout the whole summer. I like that, May through September. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice. So, Maria, I've got one last question for you. But before that, where can listeners um, find and follow you? Well, you can find our website at, online at pocampo.com. And then on Instagram and Twitter, it's PO underscore campo because there's a person named Pocampo that has those for other profiles. Awesome. I'm curious, this is my, my last question for you, theoretically, unless your response sparks more questions. What kind of advice do you have for, for women who are interested in starting their own business? You, typically, I ask this question as a, what advice do you have for women who are starting in cycling? But as a business owner, as a maker, as someone who's been doing this for a few years, somebody's got this idea, hey, I've been working for someone else, but I've got a dream. What would you, what is like a little nugget that you would give to her? I would say to prepare for the long game. You know, I think that, um, when that image plays out in your mind at that stage, it, it, um, like the pieces seem to fall into place better than they probably will in real life. And I've learned to really enjoy the journey with a business and not so much the destination, you know? And so, um, that's what I would say that being a picture, a real long game, um, prepare for a long game, whether that's, you know, having your financial reserves or making sure your partner or whoever is on board for a long game, you know, <laughs> everything. 
Um, and then just to like enjoy the journey, you know, and um, appreciate all the little steps forward. You know, I think I used to want a big step forward and I kind of undervalue the little steps forward, you know, and at, at the end of the day, it's all the little steps that take you there. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. I love it. I think that's a great place to leave it. All right. Big thanks to Maria for taking the time to hang out. Make sure you say hi to her on the Instagrams and say hi if you see her at the National Bike Summit. Friends, I sure would appreciate it if you would share the show with someone who you think might dig it. I also would really love it if you'd leave a rating or a review in iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. As always, I appreciate your time and your attention. Remember, friends, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Keep moving forward. And until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride. Gosh, there's so many cool things to say.